welcome to this week's message from a new church. For more information, or if you'd like to contact us, please visit our website, newchurch.nz. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy this message. You know, I love Christmas and I love the nativity story and I love the birth of Jesus and, and you know, and as, at Christmas time we often think about the stable and we think about the shepherd and the wise men and, and don't get me wrong, I, I totally love that and it's, I think it's to be celebrated and it's awesome and it's such a massive part of the Christmas story. But at the same time, sometimes I think as Christians we reduce kind of the whole Christmas story down to that one pivotal moment. And that's kind of all we remember about Christmas and, and all we focus on as Christians. And, and so I can see sometimes why Christians get a little bit peeved at like, you know, Easter and Christmas and these national holidays because we just kind of reduce it down sometimes. And I feel like it's so much bigger than that. And so this morning, I kind of just want to touch on that a little bit and just kind of expand on that. Um, because, you know, like I said before, the whole, the whole story of Christmas is Jesus, right? The whole story is Jesus, and that's why we celebrate and we enjoy Christmas. And so this morning, I just want to kind of, yeah, refocus our attention back on Jesus. And so that's what we're going to do this morning. We're going to go on a little bit of a journey. I'm going to jump around a little bit. I don't normally in my messages, but this morning I'm going to. Um, so yeah, let's go for it. So for my, for my first point this morning is that God had and has always had a plan. So if you're taking notes, write that down this morning. God has always had and has always had and has a plan. So um, I just want to start in Genesis this morning. So if we can have that scripture up, Genesis 3.15. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to um, read it, and then I'm just going to give us a little bit of context. So, and I will put enmity between you and the woman, for those that don't know big words like myself, that's like hostility, okay? <laughs> and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. So for context sake, um, this verse, um, this, was in, this is in Genesis 3, verses 15, and this was when um, God was um, giving the serpent or the devil his curse. And um, the whole of Genesis 3 is God is describing um, the consequences of man's rebellion, and he, he issues individual curses, so one to the man, one to the woman, and one to the serpent or the devil, and those curses that still um, remain today. And so um, the curse, so this curse upon the woman, oh, sorry. So most Bible scholars believe that um, this was the first mention of Christ. So this was the kind of like uh, alluded to Jesus in this verse. And so where it mentions the crushing of the serpent's head, it was talking about Jesus's triumph over sin. And the striking of the hill was essentially Jesus's crucifixion. And so this is the kind of first like, oh, okay, so so we're talking about Jesus here, right? So this is what, so this is the first kind of mention of Jesus right at the start. And I was kind of been mulling over this lately and I'm like, man, this is such a cool point that, that God has always had a plan right from the start. It wasn't like God woke up one morning and was like, oh, cool, the world's in chaos. I'm going to send Jesus. It was like right from the beginning, God had a plan to bring restoration back to the world through his son. And so I just love that. And, um, I think it's so important to look at, look at these aspects when we think about Jesus and, and the whole picture of who Jesus is. And you know, when I was a kid, I used to kind of have this idea that, like I said before, I had this idea that God kind of woke up one day and was like, oh, I'll just send my son. Like it was just an afterthought he had. World's in chaos. I'll send my son along, right? 
But right from the start, we see yeah, that God had this plan to restore his people back to him. And um, I just want to have a, a quick look how God does that through the Old Testament and how he actually uses people before he brings Jesus. He actually uses his people to start that restoration process. And so the example I want to have a look at this morning is, is Moses. And um, I don't know about you guys, but I could never get st- tired of reading the story of Moses. It always just blows my mind um, how God calls Moses out and what he, he does with him. And so for the, for the sake of time, we're not going to read the, um, all the verses this morning, but I'm just going to give you a little bit of an overview for those that are not aware of the story of Moses. So Moses um, gets called out by God to lead the people of Israel who are currently, who are currently in slavery out of Egypt to the promised land, right? And um, it's a crazy story. He p- provides food for them on a daily basis, like manna that comes down from heaven that they can, they can f- have and it gives them sustenance. He establishes a set of rules. He gives them the Ten Commandments so that they have, um, you know, they have a set of rules to follow so that their life is not chaos. You know, like it's estimated that there was anywhere from like 5,000 to 140,000 Israelites in the desert at the time. Imagine if God had not given them any rules. Like it's crazy when you look at the Bible and you see all the commandments and the law that God gave, it all had a purpose. God had a plan behind it. It wasn't like he just thought, oh, okay, I'll just make these rules and it sucks. It was like there was a reason why God was doing what he was doing. And um, and God even had this plan in amidst all of this to restore fellowship and, and communion back with his people. And he, um, they made the Ark of the Covenant, which they carried with them. They set up a tent where they were able to um, sacrifice animals and they were able to have times of worship back with God. And I think that's just, it's so cool. And it's such an awesome picture of how God was preparing the way for Jesus to come. Like it wasn't like Jesus just came and it was just this random thing. Like Jesus was fulfilling the law and he used people throughout the Old Testament and, and, and heroes and characters that we look up to to this day, they all, they set the foundation for Jesus to come. And so God had this amazing plan and, and there was all these, we're not going to go into that this morning, but there was all these prophecies of, of Jesus coming back and all this crazy stuff that happens through the Testament. And... Um, and so the, my first point this morning is that, yeah, God has always had a plan. He's always wanted to bring restoration back. And, and he uses Jesus as this kind of pinnacle point. And, and throughout the Old Testament, it's just like leading and building up to that. And it just, it blows my mind. It just like, I think it's just absolutely amazing. And um, my second point kind of leading on from that is that God, and the title of my message actually this morning, God uses um, the seemingly ordinary to fulfill the extraordinary. And, um, you know, we see that with Moses. Moses, like, he didn't, he didn't want to be part of that plan whatsoever. He, there was multiple times where he used excuses and whatnot to say, God, like, send someone else. I'm not your man. But God uses the seemingly ordinary to fulfill the extraordinary. And um, even my wife reminded me of that of this morning, actually. She said to me, oh, Eddie, you should, 
you should share kind of how you've been feeling this week. And I was like, yeah, it's true. Like even this week, um, man, I've had some amazing healing stories over the last week, but I've also like the devil's just been like trying to take me out. Like the last couple of weeks has just been like one thing after the other. And sometimes we can we can come, we can feel attacked and we can be like, man, God, I'm just, I'm just ordinary. Like, who am I to get up here and to preach and to talk? Like, who am I? I've just got something ordinary to give. But, you know, God is like, I'm using you. So, I, like, I'm using you. What you're going to share has, like, an impact. It has an impact and it's extraordinary. It doesn't matter if you think it's ordinary or, or whatever, like, step out and I'm going to use that. And so, um, yeah, God uses the ordinary to, to fulfill the extraordinary. So um, since it's Christmas, we're going to touch on the Christmas story this morning. <laughs> so um, let's have Luke um, 1 up, 26 to 38. Thank you. Cool. So in the sixth um, month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth to the town of Galilee to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph. A descendant of David, the virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you are highly favoured and the Lord is with you. Um, now, you should go back and, and um, read prior this and read about Elizabeth. It's a really cool story leading up to that. So I encourage you to go away and do that, some homework. And um, but So this happens and, and Gabriel comes to, um, to Mary and then we have this like, Dialogue. We're not going to read that. We're going to jump. But we have this dialogue that goes on between Gabriel and Mary, and she's like confused, fair enough, because she's like a virgin, and so she's like, you know, how's this going to happen? I'm pledged to be married, and like, you know, blah 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 blah, and she's kind of like having this dialogue with Gabriel, and um, which is fair enough. Like, it's crazy. Like, you know, she's gonna she's gonna birth and be the mother to the Messiah of the world. Like, not a, just a small task. It's not like God said go and move to another city. It was like you're literally going to be the mother to the Messiah, like the pinnacle of our faith, right? And so then we jump down to verse 38. This is after they've, they've been talking. And she says, I am the Lord's servant, Mary answers. May your word be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. And so here we have this young Jewish girl who's called out, as I said, to birth Jesus to the Messiah of the world, to raise him. And in that moment, she chose to follow God no matter the cost. No matter what it cost her, her reputation, the sacrifice, like in that moment, she chose God. And, you know, like we, we can just stop, if we can just pause and think about that for a second, like that would have had like huge consequences for her. Like her, her village, her family wanted, would have wanted to, her family didn't, but her village would have wanted to disown her. Like her, her parents obviously initially were angry and shocked and, and even Joseph was going um, to leave her until, until Gabriel came and visited him. So there was all this going on, yet she, in that moment, she was like, no, I'm going to follow, I'm going to follow God. And, um, you know, I was thinking about this and like, there's two possible outcomes that our decisions have in life. Either when God calls us, we choose to be part of the extraordinary or we just settle for the ordinary. And don't get me wrong, I'm not, I'm not like saying, you know, if, if you have a chocolate bar or something, you've choose, chosen to live an ordinary life or, or whatever. <laughs> but when God calls you out, and you know when God's calling, you know, when, when God says, I want you to do this or this is where you need to be, 
we have a decision to make. We can either say, no, God, I, I just, I'm content with living in the ordinary where it's comfortable. Or we can say, no, God, actually, I'm ordinary and I know that, but I want you to use me because there's so much more that can come out of that. And, you know, I, I truly believe that you can be rich and you can have everything. You know, you can have 10 Lamborghinis and influence, popularity, whatever, the biggest podcast on YouTube. But unless you're actually where God wants you, you're not going to have an extraordinary life. Maybe in the world's eyes you will. Maybe people will look at you and say, oh, man, you're extraordinary. But when you've got to heaven and you're standing at the gates, what are you going to say to God, you know? And, um, and please hear me when I say that this morning. I'm preaching to myself like every single time because it's so easy to um, get consumed or, or caught up with the things of the world and think, oh, man, I'd love to have some more money or I would love to be here or I'd love to be doing this. And, um, but, man, God's plan is so much bigger than that, right? And, um, you know, just, I just want us to stop and just think for a moment. Imagine the outcome of the Christmas story if Mary or even Joseph had said, nah, God, I don't want to be part of this. I don't want to be shamed. I don't want to, um, I don't want to step out from my comfort zone. I just want to be who I am and where I am. You know, imagine, imagine the consequence of it. it. It would have obviously impacted the whole, whole of this world. And so, and sometimes we forget that when God calls us, we forget actually like the consequences of not living um, where God's called us to live. And obviously I'm such a big believer in that, you know, God still calls us. He still keeps calling us. But man, don't wait. We've only got one life, right? And um, so I want to have a little look at... Um, Jesus when he calls the disciples this morning. And so we have this, so we have this Christmas story, and it's amazing, and, and Jesus' birth, and um, he grows up. And we, we don't know heaps about Jesus' life. We know a little bit when he was younger. And, um, you know, we know that he was very wise and that he um, obviously would have learnt some of his father's trade as a carpenter. And so we know this about him, and then we're going we're gonna to pick up the story when he calls his disciples. And... Um, you know, when Jesus was walking along and he called his disciples, what kind of people did Jesus call? He called the ordinary, right? And, um, you know, some people would go as far to say they weren't very good men either, or well, not, definitely not some of them. They had a, some, you know, some thieves in there, a zealot, tax collector, um, you know, fishermen. Some, so some pretty average people. Um, sorry to all the fishermen out there. I'm a fisherman, so I'm not, I'm not, not bagging you this morning. But, and I'm not trying to throw shade on the, on the disciples, but let's be honest, they weren't like the top bunch. It wasn't like he went out and picked an accountant and this person and whatever, right? They were pretty ordinary. And um, it, it got me thinking when I was preparing my message, and I was like, man, it's such a weird kind of concept when we think about it. It's like, if Simon said, hey, Eddie, I want you to go and plant a church down in the South Island, and uh, you can, you've got the pick of whoever you want, just go out, pick some people, you know, and take them along and, and plant this church. I'll be like, oh, yeah, sweet. Cool, I've got some pastoral giftings, and um, man, I might see if Julian wants to come. He's a fired up prayer. He knows how to start a good prayer meeting. Like he can get up at three o'clock and pray for the church. And let's get some people who are evangelists, get them to come along and go out and get people into our church. And you know, I'd have all this like, oh, what am I going to do? Get some people who have planted churches, right? Get some people who have planted churches to come along. They're going to know what to do. And um, and my, my top thought wouldn't be like, hey, I'm just going to go and walk into Whangarei and go and just pick out some random people. 
Like, you know, if God said, Eddie, go on to, again, just pick some random people, I'd be like, what the, you know, like, this is going to be, a, this is going to be a disaster, right? And so, like, I was thinking about this, I'm like, this is crazy, but God, Jesus just used the ordinary and he turned them into something extraordinary. And um, that just, like, when we, I think sometimes we, like, we just read over these things and we just, like, when we pull it apart, we're like, man, this is actually crazy. And um, don't get me wrong, like every single Bible character and, and disciple, they all, um, they had their hardships, they had their failings, their insecurities, you know. Um, Jesus even said to one of his disciples to get behind him and called him Satan. So I mean, like, you know, <laughs> they slipped up, right? Um, but the one thing that all of them had in common, the char- like the theme that we see is that all of them dared and had faith to believe that there was a bigger purpose than the ordinary of their life. Every single one of them. They dared and had faith to believe that there was a bigger purpose than the ordinary of their life. And one of the things that I just, I love about the Christmas story is that God invites us to be part of that plan. It's not like Jesus came and this, like everything that was leading up to it and it's awesome and he's, he's here and then boom, he's gone and that's it. It's like, no, we have this opportunity now to step into what God wants us to do. Like the mantle has been handed to us. And, um, and sometimes I think we forget that at Christmas time because we get so caught up in the celebration and everything and what's going on and like everything that's so amazing. We forget like, well, actually God, you're calling me to make an impact on this world and, and this is the time. This is the time. Like this is no better time than Christmas to make an impact in your community. And so um, we're going to wrap up soon, but I just want to read from Matthew 28 um, when God is calling out, when God is commissioning his disciples. And so that's my last point this morning, that God invites us to be part of the plan. So um, we're going to read 16 to 20 this morning. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, the mountain of where Jesus had told them to go. And when he saw them, or when they saw him, they worshipped, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am always, I am with you always to the very end of the age. And, um, you know, the first thing I love about this verse is the part that it says that when they saw him, they worshipped, but some of them doubted. And it shows in that, that moment, I think it shows that they were still humans. You know, they, they followed Jesus for like three or so years, and they were so close to him every day, yet they still had doubt. But that, that, didn't, that didn't stop Jesus from picking them. It didn't, it didn't stop them from be, going out and changing the world, birthing the early church, Right. And um, so throughout the Bible, we have um, everything, as I said, building and leading to this return of Jesus. And he comes back and he, um, he comes back and we have communion with Jesus and we have this, um, he shows us essentially when Jesus is on earth, he teach, is teaching us and showing us how to restore mankind and how to bring people back. And um, it kind of like got me thinking in verse 20, because this was something I used to be, I used to be a bit of a, a 
cynic or a skeptic back in the day, and <laughs> before I got married. <laughs> and, um, and in verse 20, it says, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And I was one of those people that used to say like, oh, well, this verse is just for the disciples. It's not actually that relevant to us anymore. And we don't really have much of a part to play. And um, I love when you break things down and you, you have like, you like bring conviction to yourself. Do you, you guys ever do, do that when you read stuff and you're like, oh man, it's quite convicting actually. And I was reading it and it's like, I was like teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. What do you do? What is the purpose of someone teaching you? Like if I said, I'm going to like, if Simon said, hey, Eddie, I want to teach you, to, I want you to teach me how to fish because I'm not a very good fisherman. No, I'm not saying you are, sorry. <laughs> Say Simon said to that to me. What would be the idea of Simon learning? It would be because he wants to learn how to fish, right? And so um, the idea of someone teaching us is so that we learn and we now have that skill that we can go out and use, right? And so um, this verse is for all of us, and we have been looking at, we've looked at discipleship a lot this year, so I'm not going to go into that, but this verse is for us, is for us today, this morning, forever. This is our verse until Jesus comes back again, right? And I just love what we've been doing as a church lately with healing. It's just like, it's blown my mind how passionate people are to see healing in their own lives, to see healings in other people's lives. And people have been like stepping out in faith and praying for people. I'm not going to put them on a, I'm not going to call them out this morning, but I had some people from church here that prayed for me while I was working at Bocky. And I was so encouraged by that. I was so encouraged that people from our church were like, we're going to step out and actually believe that God is going to heal you. And that is just so encouraging to see people stepping out and actually putting their faith into practice. It's so cool. And um, so I feel like that's what God has called us, called us for. And at this time of the year, it's the perfect time. It's the perfect time to exercise our faith. You know, people are, people are um, always more receptive to Jesus around Christmas time. You know, you can invite them to church. You could bring them along to the, you know, the show. There's so much you can do around Christmas. And um, so I just want to, I want to wrap things up and I'm, I'm going to get us to do a little exercise in a minute. Don't worry, I'm not going to do spirit fingers with you or anything. Don't, don't get worried. I'm not Mitch. <laughs> so wrapping up, what is Christmas all about? Christmas is first and foremost all about Jesus. Jesus is the center of it all. And God has always had a plan. God has always had a plan from the beginning right up until this point to use his people and Jesus to restore to restore this earth, to bring his people back to him. God works in the ordinary to achieve the extraordinary, all of us. And Jesus invites us this morning to be part of that plan. Thanks so much for listening. We hope it was an encouragement to you. To contact us or to find out what's happening at our church, please check out our website, renewchurch.nz.